0: Welcome back to another edition of the 12 questions podcast here on the teardown feed. My name is Jeff Luck and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver up this week. Justin Algeyer from junior motorsports. Always one of the nicest guys to talk to. So down to earth and approachable friendly and also a really good talker. So makes him perfect for the 12 questions. Let's see what he had to say for this week's interview. All right, everybody. I'm here with Justin Allgaier. And uh, Justin, thank you for joining me. I know you have a busy life these days.
1: Uh, well, it, it you understand. It, it is busy in different ways than what it has been in the past. But uh, always good to be on with you and always good to be part of this.
0: Good. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you coming on. Um, first question is, when you meet someone who uh, doesn't know who you are, do you ever lie about what you do for a living?
1: Uh, i don't ever lie but i tend to i would say downplay um what i do you know i just a lot of times i say i work in racing and then you know people ask where do you work i work for junior motorsports oh and you know sometimes it gets to the point of like well what do you do well i drive the car (laughs) oh no way you know it's uh it's always surprises a lot of people but i think on the other hand of it too um you know I love what I do and and I'm, I'm blessed to get to do what I love to do. So I don't, uh, I don't ever, I don't know. I don't ever, I don't ever want to like make it sound more glorious than what it is. Um, because it takes everybody that's on the race team to do what we do. But on the other hand, I, I, uh, it's always fun to see people's reaction, I guess too.
0: Okay. Uh, which current driver have you known for the longest?
1: Which current driver have I known for the longest? Truth be told, my teammate, Michael Annette, hmm. um, just because, you know, we kind of came into the sport of NASCAR together. I guess we really even ran some of the ARCA stuff together. And so, you know, I've, I've been around and known, known Michael for probably the longest of anybody, you know, I've, I've known a lot of racers that have kind of come and gone and, and aren't necessarily in the sport maybe anymore that I've known for the longest, but, but, uh, of, of current drivers, it's probably gotta be Michael.
0: Okay. Interesting. Uh, can you describe to us what it feels like to crash in a race car? I,
1: I've tried to explain this to people and I don't know that there's a good explanation. Um, you know, you, your body does things when you crash in a car that even as it's happening, like you can't describe it, you don't understand it. You know, I've seen my body move in ways that I didn't know were possible. Like I've hit things that I didn't know were possible. Um, but probably the biggest, um, probably the biggest thing that I remember as, as a kid growing up was, was Kenny Schrader telling me a story about wrecking at Talladega. And it's kind of one of those infamous crashes. He barrel rolled on the back straightaway. And, and there was a piece of the bottom side of his helmet, like where your, where your chin strap would come through. That was actually stuck in the shifter ball on, you know, the car was still in gear and it was actually stuck on the, on the, other side of the shifter ball. So he had moved enough that his body had had gone over and, and taken part of his helmet off on the shifter ball. And I, that, that thought and that image has always stuck in my mind because I can barely reach third gear, right? Like, you know, the way the shifters are, you can barely reach third gear. So obviously fourth gear is a lot closer, but just has blown, blown me away. And, and I think about the safety advancements and all the things that we've gone through, but, but I, uh, your body is truly incredible in what it will do. Um, but I think the other part of that is, you know, uh, people that are intoxicated tend to not get as hurt in crashes as people that aren't, right? Because their body doesn't react. And I think that, you know, a lot of racers have built up this uh, ability to, React, not react, I guess, when you crash. You know, you, you, you the last thing you want to do is really tense up or, or be really tight whenever you crash. And, and, and I think a testament of that is that you watch motorcycle racers when they come off of a motorcycle, watch their body as they, as they kind of catapult across the ground. You tend to learn things that your, your body does in a crash that you, you're able to, to kind of not tense up and not, not react to. So I don't know that there's a good explanation. I think your body does kind of miraculous things. And especially in those moments, and, and, uh, there's no feeling that I've ever felt that you could, that you could describe to a person that would, that would give you that answer.
0: Wow. That's a really fascinating answer. Thank you for sharing that. That's super interesting to think about. Um, do you have any new habits or lifestyle changes you've made lately that you're particularly proud
1: of? Oh, well, I get up earlier. I'm not necessarily proud of those, but I I get up earlier because I have a little one and, and it's forcing me to get up earlier. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of weird in the habits thing. Um, I, I guess in some ways I've, I've created some good habits and then I've, you know, it's really easy for me to break those habits and go away from it and, and, uh, and not do those things. So, you know, I signed up for a half marathon and a full marathon two days back to back in January. Um, so I'm going to have to create some habits to be able to to be able to complete both of those. Uh, so so for me, that's I, I need to set a goal. For me, habits, habits are tied to goals. And so if I have a goal, if I have something that I'm that I want to do or I'm willing to do, I'll set a goal for it. So or I'll set a habit for that goal. So right now, the habit will start when the when the goal really takes uh, really really takes shape.
0: That's a good way to look at it. I like that a lot. Justin, what makes you laugh during a race?
1: Well, I have I have a great spotter in Eddie DeHaunt. And um I think for me sometimes humor is is the best way to break up a, a rough day, right? Or, or things aren't going your way. And Eddie's caught on to that over the years and, and has always kind of fed into that. So if something's not going well, he'll he'll crack a joke or or say something. Um, you know, my, my crew chief Jason Burdett has uh, a very unique personality and uh very calm you know very very decisive type personality and uh, so sometimes his humor comes off I, I guess in some ways his humor comes off as sarcastic sometimes but it's it's not um but he he can always get me laughing during a race because of something that he'll say um and, and it's funny because i haven't always taken it as as humor um and so so you know, now that we, now that we've been together long enough and I see, I see his humor and I see, and I laugh at his humor. um, It's been a lot of fun to kind of, kind of be a part of that. And between those two and, 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 you know, what I see on the racetrack uh, I would say that those, those are the things, but then also too, you know, things that happen, odd things that happen, right. Things that happen in the grandstands um, you know, it never fails. You see people that have come down by the fence, you know, they're going to get in trouble, right? It's, it's not a question of whether they're going to get in trouble or not, but they're down there and, and sometimes they're, you know, they're, they're cheering you on and, and other times like Darlington that we're getting ready to go back to, they've got both middle fingers up and they're And they're giving you the bird as you drive by them, you know? So you just see random things that, that you never really, never really expect. And sometimes they, they make you laugh. Um, random things you never expect last week at, um, at Daytona, uh, the 26 car was stuck in the grass <laughs> and we come by the first time and they're like getting ready to put on a wrecker or, or so it seems. And then we come by the next time and there's literally like 10, 10 safety people pushing the car and it's going nowhere. I mean, I can see the rear tires is spinning, but the car is going nowhere. Those are the kind of things that, you know, <laughs> unexpected, unexpected things that just make you laugh.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, what is a quality or skill you envy in other drivers?
1: Patience. No question, mm. patience is a skill that I I uh I I wish I I I wish I was better at. Um, you know, I think that everybody deals with patience a little bit differently, right? But I think in our sport you need patience in kind of all aspects, right? And and there's not like one particular area of patience that you that you will make you a great race car driver. I think it's gonna be good at kind of all these different areas, but but for me, um, you know, being slightly ADD and, and being in the moment. Like I, I feel like, again, going back to my habits um, and, and needing a goal. I think sometimes when you, when you lose sight of a goal in front of you, it's really easy to change your mindset. And, and so for me, patience is something that it's really easy for me to flip that switch and, and go from being patient and having patience to None at all, None at all. And, and being kind of out in in left field. And so, you know, I think for me, that would, that's something that I envy in a lot of really good race car drivers.
0: Okay. Uh, so this is a wild card question where I'm mixing it up for each driver. And, um, I was looking back at the first 12 questions interview we did was in 2010 and I had a lot uh, more hair back then. So I'm generally (laughs) aware that both of us are getting older. Unfortunately,
1: I had had a lot less gray hair too, in that moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah kids will do that. Um, but so you, you turned 35 this year, so you you probably, you know, you might have still a decade left of good competitive racing, but eventually, um, you're not going to be in in the car every week. Have you started to think about what you might want to do, um, with the next chapter of your life when you're not
1: racing every week? You know, it's interesting. Um, last year, pandemic times really, I think a lot of us, right. A lot of us sat down and looked at, okay, what's the future hold? How long does this last? Is, is, you know, what I'm doing currently going to be there when COVID is over. Right. And, and nobody knew if it was going to be a week or two, or if it was going to be you know, 10 years. I think we all kind of questioned like, okay, what does this look like? And, and um. you know, for me, it, it's been very interesting. You know, my dad is number one, an incredible role model and somebody that I look up to immensely. Right and has built a, an incredible business with who's time midwest West and um, you know, being the Midwest distributor for who's racing tires, but also too, you know, we sell parts, we, we have all guy racing shocks. You know, there's a lot of things that, that go on out out of that race shop and out of that tire store. And, you know, for me, I've kind of always taken it for granted that, Hey, if, if I'm not racing, that's, that's the direction I want to go. And, but, Um, I don't feel like we've ever really kind of solidified any of that, right. We've, we've talked about it a lot. We've, we've had some deep conversations about it, but, but that really had never been, um, put into action. Right. And, and I would say over the last 18 to 24 months, that's, that's changed a lot. And, and we've put more things into action and and into place. And, And that's something that for me, um, you know, I'm passionate about racing it doesn't matter if it's me behind the wheel of a race car or it's me being at the racetrack and supporting other racers, um, local Friday, Saturday night short tracks, um, you know, all the way to what we do now, you know, formula one doesn't matter. You know, you can take the gamut from top to bottom and if it's got a, an engine or if it moves or if it's racing, uh, I'm going to probably be, you know, be into it. And, and so, you know, being a part of the tire store and being a part of that, that, uh, that legacy, I guess, that my dad's kind of built is something that's really been important to me. And so to, to kind of see that be more solidified in the last, you know, last little bit is is really important. And, and it's something that, you know, I don't want to let him down. I, you know, I've watched him, I've watched him grow that business for the last 35 years, but, but even more so than that, you know, he's been in business for over 50 years now and and, and doing this. And, and if you can put the time and energy and effort into, uh, into that, like he has, I think it, for me, it's, it's something that I want to see keep going. And, and, and hopefully I can be, you know, a quarter of the business person that he's been uh, in in his time, you know, it, throughout all of this. But I think too, you know, there's a lot of other things that are within the sport that, that uh, I would be very interested in doing. You know, I've, I've, I've looked at um, our young drivers that are coming up and, and there's some areas that I feel like there's some, there's some gaps there's some holes that, that uh, there's some information that I think a lot of our younger drivers that are coming up could really use, and and so I've debated, um, you know, once once my driving style is over or my driving career is over, you know, being able to try to put something in place to to, to try to help some, some of these younger drivers that are coming in and and help guide them maybe in a in a better direction.
0: That's really cool. That's a really interesting answer. Thanks. Um, so this has obviously become a remote work world, um, if you were allowed to relocate to a different state than where your team shop is, uh, where would you want to live?
1: Uh, This is a good debate between my wife and I right now, uh, because, you know, I miss the people back home in Illinois. I really, I really do. You know, I I obviously was very lucky to grow up around a lot of great people and and in a good area of the country, um, you know, but it, it is now that we've moved to North Carolina and we've had both of our children here and they're growing up in the school systems here, they have friends, you know, it would be hard to uproot that and to change that. Um, but I do miss Illinois and I miss being home and I miss being a part of that. Uh, I don't miss the winners probably, you know, as much, but I do miss, I do miss being home. But that being said, you know, I've never, um, I, I enjoy traveling and I enjoy seeing places and, and, you know, being, being on the road. So, if at some point in my life I packed up in an RV and I and I moved around the country and lived as like a nomad, mm-hmm. uh, that wouldn't surprise me. I'm not sure my wife necessarily would would go for that route, but, um, you know, I, I would actually really enjoy that and just being out and about and going different places and exploring because I, I love, uh, you know, growing up racing and, and going to the racetrack with my parents, you know, we drove everywhere and, and you know, everywhere we went, you know, we stop and see cool things and and um, just explore the United States. And, and, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to travel overseas and, and explore other countries. And, um, I would definitely, definitely enjoy doing that more.
0: Um, what is an embarrassing mistake you've made on the track that you're comfortable sharing with us now?
1: Uh, last year, no question. Uh, I, I crashed, uh, Anthony Alfredo and he ended up turning uh, like going up on his side. I don't know if they ever actually went over, but up on his side and, and, uh, yeah, it was, it, I, it, I think the mistake was more so the fact of just not realizing, you know, being in the moment and looking at, okay, I need to get back up on the racetrack, but not taking into consideration like where the racetrack was. And granted, the scenario played into that a lot. I mean, Brandon Brown was outside of, Anthony wasn't moving up to allow us to come back on the racetrack, therefore Anthony ha- didn't have any room to go, so for me... You know, I didn't have any room to go, but in the moment I didn't know that, right? In the moment I'm like, okay, we're getting close to the corner. I'm gonna have to get up on the racetrack, and I merged literally as we got to turn one, and and it was pretty wild, um, not ideal. Yeah, so that was probably the 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 one that sticks out of my memory the most. I mean, I have made lots of mistakes, right? Uh, y- you push the the kill switch on the steering wheel and forget you pushed it and then the car won't refire things like that. That's all you know that's all goofy stuff. But but for the most part, um yeah that one was the one that still to this day kind of haunts me.
0: Okay. Uh, if someone were to hand you an envelope and inside of this envelope was the date of your final career win, would you want to open it?
1: Absolutely. Um because the thing that's interesting to me about this sport is that the next one is never guaranteed. Never. And, you know, I think there are certain racers in in our sport that have maybe been at the top that have either won a lot or or have won some races that always expect that next one. And when you go through a drought or you go through times where you don't get there, it's, it's really hard. I, I, you know, when I went cup racing and, and went away from the Xfinity side and, and didn't have the equipment to even go and, Like if you finish 20th, you were like, man, that's a win, but it's not right. It's, it's really not a win. Um, And and I think you realize really quickly when you don't drive top level equipment, how important and how, how rare the opportunities are to go to victory lane. And I think it's, it's been great for me because it's made me enjoy the wins that much more, but, but no win is ever guaranteed. And and the next one is for sure not guaranteed. So for me, um, I would absolutely open the envelope And if it set a date that had already passed, I'd be perfectly okay with that. Still, I, Hmm. I, I I don't regret um, any lap that I've ever turned. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't change any race that I've ever run. Um, But I also, you know, I think for me, I've also come to the realization that the last one might be the last one. Right? Uh, You know, we're going to Darlington, so Darlington, Darlington Spring Race of twenty twenty one may be my last ever win. I don't know but I, I hope it's not. But I, But I also, um, if it is, I'm, I'm perfectly content with, with what I've done in my career.
0: That's really cool. That's great. Uh, have you achieved your childhood dream?
1: Oh, way surpassed childhood dreams. Um, you know, I think your dreams always change or they evolve as you, as you hit markers, right. You, you keep kind of, hitting new markers that you, you know, you add to your dream. You're like, Oh yeah, that was in my original dream. Absolutely. <laughs> but but in all reality, you can't fathom, uh, what your ambitions are, right? Like you, you kind of give a generalization and then you look at, okay, what is, what is the next one? Right. What is, what is my next part of that, that goal? But, but I, I, have blown away whatever dreams and aspirations I had as, as a young child, um, you know, for me, it was turning a lap, right? If I could ever just make a race, make a cup race, make an Xfinity series race, make an NASCAR race in general. Uh, that would be a, a huge dream and aspiration when I was, when I was a kid. Um, and so, you know, to be where I'm at now is definitely, definitely blown the way. But, you know, this is also the same person that, you know, all I really wanted to do was add an extra brick to the little ramp that I would build to jump my bicycle off of. So the, the, the crashing hit in my head probably didn't make my dreams very far right like I just wanted to survive <laughs> what I was doing in the moment and so the dreams probably weren't uh whenever really good but um you know I've, I've got a beautiful family I've got two amazing kids and a beautiful wife so you know I've hit every marker that I could ever that I could ever ask for and and uh and be a part of
0: that's great that's awesome so each week, uh, I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview, and the last interview is with Kyle Larson, and his question for you is, "What is your proudest moment as a father so far?"
1: who um you know probably uh, probably my proudest moment as a father honestly has come seeing my oldest daughter Harper with my youngest daughter willow um. The care and just sweetness um, that she has towards towards Willow has been incredible, right? And I think when you have two kids, it's you always wonder, like, okay, is there gonna be jealousy? Is there gonna be, you know, are they going to know that the remember the things that you taught them, right? Did you teach them the right things? Um, you know, are, are you are you raising them? the way that you should be. And I think just watching her with Willow and, and seeing, seeing the traits that I feel like Ashley and I both have come through her. uh, That's probably been my proudest moment. You know, just, just seeing her develop in that way is, is really been special, but you know um, I think it's funny because daily you find new things that you're, you're proud of your kids for. Right. And, and, when you're a kid and you're not a parent, uh, or even an adult and you're not a parent, people tell you like, oh, when you know, when you have kids, you're going to see it this way, or you're going to think about it this way, or things are going to be different. You always go, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really understand it, and then when you have kids, you're like, man, my parents were right, or that person that told me this was absolutely right. So you know, definitely for me, seeing my daughter be the kind heart that she is really is my proudest moment.
0: That's awesome. I love that. So, um, unfortunately I don't know who the next interview is with yet. Um, I know it'll be somebody on the NASCAR side, so you could either ask a general question or when I know who it is, I can kind of double back with you. And if you want to, uh, do a
1: specific one, it's up to you. I would prefer to do a a specific one if you're okay with that. I I feel like it, it could vary. I mean, like Kyle, obviously with, um, the trial answer is, is a great one but he uh, just
0: submitted that this morning, like within the last couple hours. So he, he took some time to think about it.
1: (laughs) I like, I'm good with that. I like it. Uh, I would, I would like to be specific if you're good with that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I think it changes too. Like, are you newer in the sport? Are you older? What's your position? Um, there's a lot of things that, that could play into this next question. So I want to make sure it's a good one.
0: Okay, perfect. Well, thanks uh, so much for taking the time to do this. And I really appreciate you coming on once again.
1: Absolutely, it's always good to be on. I know, uh, I know it's evolved. The twelve questions with with Jeff Gluck has evolved since the beginning, but it is fun to watch every week and see, you know, who who says what and and how they react to your questions. And you know, some uh, some of us are obviously more analytical and deeper than others, but uh, it's always fun to see what people's mindset is.
0: No, it's good because you always put some thought into them, and you have like you 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 know are reflective and stuff, and you like talk through it. But yeah, like you said, some people, um, not as but that's you know, it's everybody's personality. That's what it shows, right? Like, you know, you can't you can't
1: force it if you're not
0: like that. So. No, you can. And that's
1: the thing that I love about this. I, I think it, it gives our fans and and even people that are fans an insight into what what goes through our minds and, and what we do. So appreciate it. It's always good. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Thanks. All right everybody there you have it. And actually between doing the interview And, uh, this podcast recording the the intro and outro for it, um, I actually do know the next interview now and Justin submitted his question. So I'll go ahead and let you know, it's going to be with Michael Waltrip and Justin's question for Michael Waltrip is if you could go back and do one thing over that changed the trajectory of your career, what would it be? So Michael Waltrip will answer that question on next week's 12 questions podcast. In the meantime, time is running out to subscribe to The Athletic with the 50% off deal. I believe it ends September 13th. So depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it's going to be close to the wire uh, when this comes out. So if you would like to jump on that deal, go to theathletic.com slash 12 questions, 50% off the entire website for new subscribers. I doubt that deal will come up again for a while. I don't know if they're going to do some Black Friday deal. I have no idea. Like They don't tell us any advance notice, but this one is for the start of football season. So take advantage of it and uh, get it while you can. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, everybody. And I'll talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.